brand new magazine and podcast exists to inspire, motivate and invigorate women to step into their businesses as truly themselves. Full of real life stories, practical solutions and inspirational ideas from fellow entrepreneurs. Each issue has a different theme that showcases the many values, beliefs and morals that women build their businesses around today. So, be your business and brand you. Welcome to the Profesh issue of Brand You Magazine. In this issue, we are celebrating women with typically professional career paths who have had success by going a little or a lot left field, and in doing so, have broken down many of the stereotypical norms of their industry. Confetti is Anita's currency, personality, and way of life. Her brand, Wordfetti, is a brightly coloured copywriting beacon. However, her original career path would have had her warring with words in an entirely different way. So pop the party poppers, let loose the confetti, and get ready to party hearty while we chat everything from workplace bullying to our favourite business words to those fab Me Too moments. Everyone, meet Anita. Now that we've sort of nailed the fact that we've probably both come up against very similar walls when it comes to um, breaking three of our corporate paths in a way, why don't you tell us a little bit about the real story about how you came to break free, I suppose, or maybe it wasn't even that way around? Mm, So we want the real story. The nitty gritty. Come on, get down and dirty. Okay. So I guess I'll start off from almost like the the beginning as to what uh, a little bit of context, right? Uh, Paint the picture of what what led me to be in the role that I was in. Um, So to go back a little bit, I studied uh, law and uh, psychology. Uh, I came, uh, I come from a Asian background. So my parents were pretty much like, do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a doctor? Anita doesn't want to be a doctor because I am terrified of blood so lawyer it was and the hardest like the dream like the vision was always to be that barrister a lawyer like you can wear that wig and you're just like walking into like the the you know the you know wherever it was and you looked so important and you were there and anyway that was the dream I had that in my in my vision um and the one of the hardest um roles to get was in government like to get a role in government, a permanent role in government was like, whoa, like out of like 200 applicants, like they, they chose you, what? So I was that one person out of the 200, 300 people who applied for this admin role when I was still in uh, my degree, like so I was still in law and psychology. And then as I graduated, they just kept moving me up. And it, I was just absorbing like a human sponge. I didn't want to, I actually didn't want to be a lawyer. I figured I didn't want to be a lawyer, but I was like, okay, so I just did like five and a half, six years. It was like six years in, in uni, very expensive pieces of paper. And after a bit of, um, so for me as well, I hit a roadblock in uh, during the middle of that where I lost my dad quite suddenly, which for me was a massive wake-up call, which is when I decided I actually didn't want to be a lawyer. Like life is too short to do something that, yeah, life is just too short. 
So I, for, for me, I was just absorbing like a human sponge in this admin role. And I was moving up, moving up. As you do, you climb the corporate ladder and you <laughs> climb up. And for me, I'm getting to the story. Uh, for <laughs> me, I moved up quite quickly. Um, if I was to, I guess, say like within three years, I only lasted three years in government and in corporate. Within three years, I went from almost like a level two to a level six. Um, and in government, you technically also have to apply for these roles and not get, you know, tapped on the shoulder. You, sh- you shouldn't really get tapped on the shoulder. And the, I think the highest level was eight before you went to director. And I was this 25-year-old who just came on in and was like, I love everything. I'm so enthusiastic. I love all the things. Let's get it done. (laughs) Um, And I moved very quickly. And I think I'm so humbled that I got given these opportunities. I loved what I, like, honestly love what I did. And it was just freaking loved it. But I think I can also see on, for my, for the team that I was in, there was definitely a 1%, 2% that was just like, whoa, who is this person and why? Like, is she given the opportunities? And that's when it spiraled for me. So I actually got um, a promotion three months before I left, uh, quit my role. Um, And I was so happy, but it was a ripple effect where there are a lot of people who weren't happy about the fact that I got that role. Um, And I get it. I get where they're coming from, Um, but it was nasty. It was so nasty. It got to the stage where people were talking. As soon as I would enter, people would just walk away. I would get excluded from uh, meetings. I would be in meetings and people would roll their eyes. People would get their phones out. And I'm talking about not just you know, I'm talking about executives as well. So I just want to mention that. I'm not just talking about those who were in my, I guess, the same level or hierarchy, whatever you want to call it. These were people who, you know, are supposed to be my seniors. Um, But in saying that, 90% were amazing. 90% of uh, the extraordinary humans that I got to work with, I still connect with to this day and they're great great mentors but it was the almost like the little little percentage there that really destroyed it for me and I guess going back to telling this like that was what drew me to leave uh not so much the oh Anita you know prepped x amount of money of course I like you know uh saved money to be able to do something like this for a rainy day but I did not plan for this I it honestly got to the stage where I was just so down, so depressed and questioning myself. I was like, what have I done? Like what, uh, like I haven't taken anyone's job or role. Like everyone's still in the same role. And I, I, I had never felt so sad and depressed than I did at that moment. And I had no other choice than to literally do it for my mental health, to literally leave and take a break so I took a break first I didn't tell my mom I actually didn't tell my mom that I quit my job until a year later (laughs) which is another story I love her and I did not mean to lie but the thing is I also know because she loves me so much that she would have been uh very worried about me which you know I would have been worried about me too. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, so yeah, I took break, uh, took unpaid uh, leave. I also had a little bit of leave left um, for around six, seven months. And then I just put my notice in. So I had to be really careful at the beginning to, uh, I guess, to figure out whether or not I was going to go back, whether or not I was going to continue on. But that is the nitty gritty story as to why I decided to leave. Not because, 
um, you know, yes, the business was picking up, but I also really enjoyed the work I was doing in corporate. It was just the environment I was in that absolutely freaking sucked. Uh, And it's taken me a while to share that because I think for so long I have really protected that and I don't know why I don't know why because it's almost like you feel like you should be embarrassed like I I remember that feeling for myself as well like it was almost like it almost felt like you'd failed even though you hadn't and then it was a a whole bunch of these things get piled on top of like you said you're worried about what your mum would think and things like that and you really need that time to be able to reflect and actually figure out, no, actually what was going on and how does that reflect for me now? Because it's so painful yes. in the moment. I've been in bullying situations in workplaces and it's like, well, you have to be there because it pays the bills. And it's like, you feel so trapped. You feel like there's, there's a whole psychological thing going on in your head that until you've actually dealt with the trauma of the situation, it keeps popping up when you're in business yourself if you don't actually find a way to deal with it. Right. Oh my gosh. You've hit the nail on the head. And I think it's literally at that very moment, it's almost like I'm hearing things from other people being like, Oh, you've just got to build more resilience. You've just got to, this is what you've got to do. Like, you know, you, if you can't last this, you're not going to last anywhere else. And I'm like, where the heck did that come from? Like you have to build resilience because this is wrong. Like there mm-hmm. is no, like, it's not even about resilience. There is a line here. And um, the the trigger point for me was I was actually, there was a particular incident, which I feel so much more comfortable sharing now, but it took me three years to arrive here, is um, there was a particular incident where uh, there was one particular person that was yeah very angry about this, about me. Um, and we were about to go through mediation to resolve it. She was in the same team as me and we were literally about to go into mediation. And I was like, hang on a second. Why are we going into mediation when this is downright wrong behavior? Like I'm being told I have to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I'm like, what? Like I haven't done anything. Like someone is unhappy about me getting a role. Like, Mm. but you're so right in saying I I look back now though, like R and I look at it and I'm like, I'm so glad it happened like so glad I'm so grateful that that happened and I'm almost appreciative of every single person um, and every single situation the good bad and ugly that it happened because I would not have been able to take the leap that I have Mm -hmm. now if it wasn't that incident and I feel like if I hadn't gone through that stuff myself like with people I had um, as I mentioned earlier I had a lot of people that chucked me under the bus and I did I had those questions that you can't help but going through your mind like well what did I do wrong and and all of these types of things and when you actually start to have that space you can take that step back and you can look back at it and you can actually see it for what it was a lot more and I completely agree with you. I'm glad I went through those experiences because now I can look at them and go, well, I will never put myself or anyone else in that position ever. That is like a hard line for me because I know how damaging it can be and how much, you know, they can talk about mediation and they can talk about like, you know, all the lawyer terms of like, you know, payouts and all that sort of stuff, but it doesn't actually fix anything. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. It doesn't. It's just like a band-aid. It's just like, this is what we're supposed to do because this is what HR told us. So we can tick it off and say that we tried. 
<laughs> so what happened when you decided that you weren't going to do what what was expected of you anymore? What was that that moment? You know, you you taken that time and you yeah. sort of what was going through your head at this point in time? Like obviously you'd had the space from the situation. What was going through your head? I love this question because you know what? There was almost no time. I made the decision literally within 24 hours because I remember so clearly I went to my director who is a has been such a support. He gave me flexible working rate. Like he was a great human, but I went to him and I was so upfront and was like, so am I really doing this mediation? You want me to go do this? Like, this is what you want me to do. This is part of the procedure. He was like, yeah. Like, this is what, this is all part of it. I'm like, well, you know what? I don't want to be part of it. I'm going to take time off. (laughs) Um, And there was just a, I I was like, I, there is a line. I know, I I wasn't sure exactly what I would do. I wasn't sure whether or not I would be taking Word Freddy full time then, but I just knew, no, like I am not going to be sitting there being treated like complete BS by this person who downright knows that this behavior is wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I'm not going to do that. Like, so yeah. So for me, it happened so quickly. And I was just like, I I can't anymore. And within 24 hours, literally 48 hours, I handed in my leave. It was leave first, but inherently I think I knew I'm not going to come back uh, from this because I'm like, if I'm heading away from this, I'm going to give this word fatty thing that I created on the side, a good hot crack. I'm going to give it my all and see how I go. And what's the worst thing that could happen? (laughs) Uh, I can figure it out then. And I'm so glad that that happened. And I think when I decided to start telling everyone, people were shocked, but I think people were also like, what? Like you would leave like this permanent paying role for something that is completely unstable and what what are you doing again (laughs) you write things for people uh yes 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 I'm writing things for people and I get paid for it correct and that's (laughs) I I feel it so much and it's a really I often talk about this and I'm sure I've talked about it through some of the other podcasts as well one of the things that I noticed a lot was that when you're in corporate and when you leave your you know, degree, no matter what career path you've decided, it's almost predestined when you go the corporate route. And there's literally, there's only ever one sort of trajectory that's ever seen for what's yeah. expected, you know? Yeah. And I really hated the fact that my career path was based on someone else liking me. Because I'm a pretty likable person, but at the same time, it's like I hated kissing ass. It felt so fake. Yeah. It's so out of my character. Like, give me genuine connection. Give me, like, yes. no small talk. Give me the big, gritty things to talk about. Yep, sure, yes. let's go that path. But, like, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, definitely wasn't for me. And nah. I just wish that I'd known that there was another direction. Yeah. that it was actually possible. And and that's the thing, I think, and seeing I mentioned before, my, my husband just recently left his corporate job uh, literally a month ago. And this was more so he had a series of promotions but still didn't feel that excitement anymore. Like it was yeah. almost like there's nothing you can pay me to stay. There is something more 
that I want to achieve. And I think, but still, like, even then, like there is, it's, it's human anatomy 101 where we are, we, we shield ourselves, we protect ourselves from things that are scary and risky. So when we leave something that is stable for something that is completely unstable, our body's going to be like, whoa, 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 are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to do that? Like, what about the bills? What about the mortgage? What about the kids? What about the doggers? Like, what about that? Like, have you not thought about that? Like, so then there is this inner like cycle that's just like, are you sure you want to do that? But we all know that growth happens when there is discomfort. It never really, when was there a time when something really bad happened, whether or not it's a breakup, whether or not it's a bad business decision, whether or not it is being treated like complete BS in your corporate role where you didn't learn or grow from it. It is always in moments when it is just disastrous or bad or terrible, like where you really learn, where you really grow as a person, where you really start to see and are able to embrace the way you are and how you think. Um, So yeah, like when we look at it like that, like I would almost now look at it and be like, oh, that's uncomfy. Good. Yeah. Good Good that it's uncomfy. (laughs) I'm a thousand percent agree. Like fear has kind of become like a signpost for me now that if, something feels scary or uncomfortable I've been through enough of the roller coaster ups and downs to know that okay so this is uncomfortable or this is bad or this is this okay so there's an up after this it's fine there's there's an upcoming you know you know that and I feel like that's such an entrepreneur mindset where I feel like you sort of see people that sort of they'll constantly hit on the downward trajectory by focusing on the negative but I think by stepping back and having that awareness is a big deal, which actually brings me to your next question. So you said you studied law and psychology, yeah? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So which one do you think you use more in your day-to-day these days and how do you use it? Oh, that is a good question. I definitely thought I leaned a lot into the psychology element because in the nature of what we, um, what I've created, what I do um, in my personal brand as well, it's really honed into understanding human behavior um, and psychology, why we do certain things, why we, why we buy, why we don't buy. Um, and it's part of our framework at WordFetty, which is part consumer psychology, part design thinking and human centered design um, and words. So I combine these three things to help brands stand out. However, I think in the last year or two, I think having dove into law and understanding also how the smallest of change in words can result in completely different consequences and if I was to use terms and conditions and agreements and you know all of that as an example even legislation and policies a slight change in words can completely result in a different thing as well and I think I I never I always used to think oh I'm doing something completely different now but I really think everything that I have done has really led me here. And I'm so fascinated uh, by language. Uh, I also speak four or five languages as well. So it's almost like I have been fascinated. So I speak in English, but sometimes I think and count in Chinese. Like I think in so many different ways, languages, and I'm fascinated too by how words sound. So 
if I'm smiling, you can totally tell that I'm smiling right now. But if I'm not smiling, you can totally tell when I'm not smiling either. Like, so it's almost like I'm just fascinated by words as a medium. If I tell you right now, I'd like to work with you versus I'd love to work with you. Yeah. It's one change in word choice, but completely different feelings, right? So that is what fascinates me. But I, I actually think both law and psychology have been tapped into, <laughs> which is so cool. Yeah, so cool. And these days, everyone, the new like buzzword feels like these days is personal brand. You know, we had pivot and we had a whole bunch of other things that were definitely around last year, but personal brand seems to be the thing that's come out of it. Like, yes, it's been building up for years and yes, it's been something that people have moved into, but not necessarily sung it from the rooftops so much. But I feel like there's such a big part of personal brand, which actually plays into those, if we were going into another corporate job, transferable skills you know like our life experiences and who we are and how we relate to people actually feeds and drives our businesses so much more than the piece of paper oh my gosh yes and I love that topic because it's almost and I say this and you would appreciate this too because you're a freaking visual wizard so it's almost like we can mimic color palettes if we really want to of course I'm not telling people to but I'm saying people can mimic your color palettes people can mimic the look of your website people can mimic your service offerings and look at your product offerings your pricing your copy but the one thing that people cannot replicate is you and your story because there is literally no one can replicate your story yo like no one, <laughs> no one. And you made that shift from, um, on, well, at least on the gram, you've made that shift to being more in a personal brand space than being purely about word fitty. And you also had brand fitty and some other like mini feathers in the cap type thing All going on. <laughs> <laughs> All the fitties. I like that. I think you should do that. All the fitties. Um, what three things would you say that are uniquely you that shine true in your business that is about who you are versus who the brand is? Wow, that is such a good question. I've never been asked that. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what are the three things that really make me different uh, in me, not the mm-hmm. brand? Yep. I think the first bit for me is I firmly believe that we are all in a way, influences. We're all influences. But because of that, when I say influences, I mean, as soon as we start talking, showing up, even if we don't have an online presence, what we say, what we do, have the power to influence someone else, right? Like even if you don't have a social media presence. So I want you to say that first, because I guess I believe that this idea of business ownership, entrepreneurship, it is so poker faced if that makes sense like we always just see this highlight reel we don't realize like people are so scared of sharing too much or saying this not that I overshare because there are definitely things I don't share on my personal brand account I'm not going to share the fights I have for example with you know (laughs) the the hubby and all like I'm not going to share that I always go back to what does my audience want to see think feel know and read I always go back to those five, these core things. What do they want to, what, what do they want to see, feel, read, know, 
and, and read. And for me, I know my audience are business owners who do probably look at all of these influences uh, around them. And this includes business friends or people they look up to. And they're like, wow, like she's had an, uh, you know, seven or six, six figure launch or da, 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 like amazing, like, wow, like so amazing. And then they start to second guess themselves. They start to uh, overthink. And I see this with my clients. I see this with my um, inner circle. I see this everywhere. And we all know that is not the case. We all know that it is never rainbows and unicorns when you are in this business ownership train and Elon Musk actually recently shared in a clubhouse room like literally if you need some motivational words to be a business owner don't be a business owner because that you shouldn't be a business owner if you need some motivational words so I guess one of the biggest things that I really try to do through me and my voice um, is to really be real in the sense and people say real and authentic but I really want to paint the picture of um, hey like it's okay to have a really crap day. It's okay to second, you know, guess just, I feel it too. I am just like you. Like, even though I've been in business for, you know, four or five, I am just like you, even though you've just started. I too second guess. I too wrote a caption where no one liked it. And I second, like, I want you to feel like you're not overthinking or crazy or like, you know, making a problem out of nowhere. Like we are human beings and we have emotions. And I guess the first thing that I feel like um, I really try to do through the content that I create is to really make sure people feel seen and heard, not feel like there is a problem that you've got. Uh, I'm going to fix it, but just more like, Hey, I see you. I feel you. Um, whether or not I can help you or not, I just want you to know that I'm here for it. So that's, that's the first part, which leads me to the second part. The community is what's built uh, my business and my brand. I, for the last four years, so WordFetty has been in existence for four years. I've always made a promise to myself. I never want the business to get to a stage where I, uh, you know, lose track or can't like, can't maintain that human connection with my audience. And I guess that's what kind of had me shift from going deep down into the agency route to now being like, oh, hang on a second. If I go too deep into the agency route, it will just be a job number. I don't want it to be a job number. We'll get back I to get that deep. corporate. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't want that. I don't want that churning channel. I get deep with my clients. I get to know when they want to take their calls because they're going to take their kids to swims class. Like I know little things and I don't want to get to a stage where I lose track of that because that is where the real magic happens. If I'm to really, you know, like help them tell their story or, you know, um, work with them on a one-on-one basis or even through my students. So the second bit to that is the connection element. And I look at that in a lot of different dimensions. So I voice note a lot of my community, not just my clients. So when I see someone who is has connected or has been part of our journey for the last two, three years, and I see them comment, um, I feel like already, like I'm able to just voice note them and be like, hey, Jess, like just checking on in. Thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, read my latest post. Like, how are you going? How's things? Connection. Like, I am all for that deeper connection beyond the comment, beyond the double tap. I do it through voice notes. I do it for through with phone calls. I do it with virtual covers. I do it through snail mail. I love snail mail. And I do this not just with existing clients. And I think that's an important 
thing for me, because for me, it's not just about conversions because not every single person is ready to commit and buy. It's one thing we don't realize. We think, oh, because that person didn't say yes to my proposal, whatever. Like, but that's not the case. They're just not ready just now. Like, who knows? They might actually have a friend that they could connect you to, or maybe one day they will be ready in a year's time when they're able to get some capital, as an example. And I can tell you right now, and I, like, in, in the last three, four years, the amount of clients who have said no to me originally, who have ended up being some way or another, bought a digital product, invest in a program with us, it literally feels like family without it sounding cliche. Like, I, I'm here for you, not just because you're a client. Like, I'm here for you because of our mutual love for just creating something freaking amazing with our lives and that's okay whether or not you want to work with me or work with someone else whatever we're on this together so this is a happy place of the internet and that is where the feeling I want them to have um, I'm really blabbling but no, no, no. my third so point it. carry on it's amazing yep you, and the fact that you got to the third point I had someone recently go my first point my b point and my my d point and I was like hang on a second <laughs> we missed a few numbers and letters in between but I get the drift <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that that's my second point. I guess the levels of connection yeah. for me, it's not just online, it's offline. Um, and the third point I feel like is how I measure success. And that has changed oh, that's a lot. That's so huge. I, I, yeah. That's a oh. huge part. I mean, and it comes back to those preconceived notions that are like, right, you know, what your career path's going to look like and what success looks like to other people and stuff like that. I'm not kidding you. Last year, success for me was hiring a cleaner. Bam. Love it. Love it. Exactly. But that's the thing. Like we have this idea that success means you've got to keep going up, 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 up. You've got to keep doubling the revenue. You've got to keep tripling. You've got to go upwards. Mm. But who freaking made that up? Like we define our own success. And for me, like, um, I won't lie. Like I used to define success like that. I used to be the person that was like, okay, okay. So we made that. Okay. So let's double that. Uh, and, and I, I was like that, but then I hit it and I'm like, well, hang on a second. What? Like, okay. Like it, I, I started to just not feel like, well, that is not it because I'm not. Because you weren't being able to do number two. You weren't being able to do the connection. Therefore, the success didn't mean as much. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you what, how how I measure my success now. Um, It's not even about the, it's not about numbers. It's not about the seven, eight, nine figures, whatever. No, like it is the tiniest of things like the DMs, the messages, the emails, even listening to the podcast, which is free content. My podcast is free content, yo, like free uh, especially those that listen to my podcast and they're like, oh my gosh, Janita, I have been listening to your podcast for the last six months, one year, I've been consuming it and I I feel like a completely different person or I quit my job. I had someone who DM'd me a massive email and was just like, Anita, I quit my job and I felt so scared, but I, I just listened to that podcast where you shared about blah and I cannot tell you, like I get so excited just saying it now the moments when I get those DMs, voice notes, emails, where people are see, like creating that life that they 
have always wanted. That is how I measure success because it goes back to the root of how this all started. Life is so short. We have one, literally a tiny line. No one can see this because I am on a podcast episode, but I am hold, I'm making like a finger signal where we literally have this tiny, tiny line and we, anything can like, can happen during that time. And we have to make the most out of it through our work, through our life. And we are not our business. So please remember that too. Like you are also, you know, you, maybe you're a mother, maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a sister or you're a wife, whatever. Like you are not your business as well. Yeah. There's nothing de- worse. Yeah. Nothing worse than your life. Defining your own success has just been such a huge thing for me. Like. Oh, tell me about yours. Like what, how do you define success then? I was stuck in comparison space like because I'd been compared to other people my whole career and felt like I was being held up and found lacking my whole career all I ever wanted was a pat on the head and to someone say I believe in you this is amazing you've done well pat pat gold star on your way and I look back now and I now realize I'm that for myself and I've surrounded myself by people like, for instance, even just chatting to you now, by you going, oh, that's a really interesting question. Nobody's asked me that question before. I'm like, ha, do the little like polish of my fingernails <laughs> on my shirt and get a little bit of a swagger on. And, you know, those for me are actually bigger successes now than like the bank balance or the like worldwide recognition or like having you know getting a promotion none of that stuff actually has any tangible effect on who I am and how I'm going to live my life you know every one of those positive little building bricks feels like it's building back the shape of what I should have been if I hadn't had some of those negative experiences and I embrace that stuff like I was chatting to Kate Toon the other day and she's like this has been the best podcast ever I got to compare myself to a hamster and I'm like (laughs) Awesome. Done. You know, do you know what? I've actually got some, I was, I had all these other serious questions, but we've totally gone deep and we've done this. Okay. Okay. We're going deeper. No, fun. How about some fun? Okay. 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 What are your three favorite words? Oh, whoa. Wow. Okay. Do you want to hear some of mine? I've got shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moose is one of my favorite words. I just think it is like so much fun to say. And it just, I don't know why, like it feels like it's onomatopoeia, but at the same time, like it just like, I don't know, schmooze. Schmooze. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I love that. Such a good word. And I love the word giggle. Giggles. Yes. Giggles are great. Yes. And that's, you know what? It's, um, that sounds symbolism too like so I'm getting really geeky now but there are certain words in the language that get you just feeling like like giggle uh snuggle and there's there's certain words that just get you feeling like cozy certain words that get you feeling like so there is actually a study with this um I won't go too deep here about it but you know (laughs) even the word like bulba or bubble it sounds like cute like, <laughs> um, okay, all right. So my favourite word, I would probably say there were two that came front of mind for me. One is actually not so much an English word. It's actually a word that I was uh, uh, kind of, I heard my parents and grandparents say as I was growing up. And it's actually, I actually think it's a dialect in Chinese, but it's um, Sai Nai. It's like Sai Nai. 
Sinai. It sounds very weird. I actually don't know what it means, but I had to share it because I grew up listening to my grandparents, parents say it, and what it ultimately means. It's almost just like, um, it's almost like like snuggle in in a certain way. So, for example, my mum will say Sinai, Sinai to my dogs. So, and then my dogs will literally like put their like whole like body like up like a cockroach and be like, yes, give me some love. So it's almost like this word that means give me some love or like yeah, yeah I'm I'm really sooky. Like give me some pats or give me some like you know um, good words, please. Like so that was the one word that I love mainly because I just um, a bit of nostalgia soon as I think about it oh another word that is I guess I'll choose one that's in English (laughs) um I have to be really biased I really love uh the idea of just fetty but like uh (laughs) but fetty in a lot of different realms which is why I've called my business word fetty so I've kind of used the end of that like it just sounds so happy yeah and vibrant and like a party so now I've named everything literally I'm trying to own really this idea of just brand fetty you know word fetty uh, the fetty fet like this idea of fetty just sounds so fun and I want to be part of more fun so yeah yeah, those were the two that really stuck to me I have a thing for puns I love a good pun like so (laughs) my business name actually both of them are a bit of a play on words I love a good pun the cheesier and dad jokey the better love the cheese like it's so good so mine is pretty creative and I always say that I'm pretty damn creative um (laughs) and you see like that's what I mean like it's cheesy it gets you goofy and I have um I've got obviously brand new magazine what we're talking about now which is the idea of being brand new being you and then branding you stop I know you should be a copywriter (laughs) no we actually a friend a friend and I we would love the idea of actually just like sitting in a room and like coming up with ridiculously awesome names for people's businesses oh stop that is so great (laughs) oh oh my gosh you know what you should do people actually pay people to come up with really cool hashtags for weddings you know when you get married and you're trying to find like really good puns for your two last names together oh that is yeah genius freaking love it yeah yeah we could have had the pretty damn awesome wedding there we go (laughs) if we had more than our kids there (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that on the flip side of these positive words if we're going to take it down the the entrepreneur route there's a lot of like phrases that people kick around and we've already sort of gone down the whole like I know for a fact if I see a clubhouse room where it's like you know five six figure entrepreneurs room and stuff like that I'm literally like skip um and (laughs) I just know that that's not fair because it just it brings up so much internal cringe and I feel like by Mm. knowing my my parameters of you know what I stand for and stuff like yeah sure if I woke up and there was a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow yay wicked but I don't like that level of schmooze that comes with it although I do love the word schmooze but you know (laughs) so I know I've got a few words like my my word is hustle I hate that whole hustle mentality mindset that grind that 
don't get me wrong, it's hard and stuff like that, but why else would we be doing this if we didn't want to actually have fun doing it? I hear you. I don't love, I'm very anti-hustle, but I have to be honest as well and say for the first year or two of my business, I was a hustler. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hustled bad. I work 15 hour days. I hustled. I burned out uh, a few times Uh, and it was not pretty. And I think one of the things that I see so much of my students, my community, my clients say is I don't have enough time. Like, I feel like I'm so overwhelmed. I have so many things I have to do. And if you're feeling like that right now, I want to say two things. One, take stock of this relationship you have with your time. Like, what are you saying with your time? Like, are you saying, I'm so overwhelmed. I have not enough things. Like, I have so many things I have to do. I'm juggling all the things already. Like, this negative energy that you're attaching to this idea, this word of time, you're already setting yourself up to fail. Like, who said you don't have enough time? Like, what if you start to say things like, you know what? I have all the time I have in the world. Like, how awesome is it that I get to choose my own schedule right now? Like, imagine if we just change that. And I guess the second bit of that I would probably say is we are the, like, we are the cause of time, but we are also the source of time if we Mm -hmm. choose to look at it that way. Okay, so we can freaking drain our energy in doing all the things and we can cause it. We can cause the time to go away, but we can also be the source of it if we want to, which is now I. So I actually put my holidays in first now. I make sure I've got my days for myself in and then I wrap everything else around it. So I hear you. I'm so anti-hustle as well. Burnout is so harsh, man. I had a couple of rounds of burnout and it's I have to admit, I almost feel like everyone needs to go through it once because Mm. I feel like it's one of those things that now I know the signs of it. Yeah. Like I know the signs of it in my body. I know the signs of it in like my patterns. I know the signs of it and how, you know, I will be feel like I'm working every minute. And yes, I might be in a really like, I'll be happy to burn out because I'm actually probably doing the things that I'm happy doing. But that crash and burn, it is debilitating it is yeah and I love how you mentioned too there that you recognize what happens in your body because there is science so much science to actually show that it shows up in our body first and then we start to interpret it and then by then it's sometimes it's just too late so it's almost like once and it's different for everyone where when we know we're on that verge like sometimes it might be a headache sometimes it might be a short shoulders it might be just I don't know it, it's different for everyone maybe it's flush like you know in your face like I don't know it's different for everyone but if we were able to be more aware of these things, like we can really be like, oh, hang on a second. I'm starting to feel, you know, really dry in the mouth. or I'm feeling like really hot in my head. And this is usually what happens when I have too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. So listen to that body. Like it's giving you whispers. Don't wait until it screams. <laughs> the funny thing is, is my other anti-word I used to be was balance. Like I thought balance was total Mm. bullshit, right? Because like it implied that you could get this thing and maintain it, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. exactly what you've just said, I was very for flipping that word to awareness and actually Mm -hmm. like changing the the voicing, like more like going, okay, cool. I have to put more focus into this area right now. It means that some of the other things might have to give away, but that's okay because I'm recognizing there needs to be this give and take. And I've just moved into a new business course with Suze from our last um, yeah. our last issue. And 
I'm sitting there in the mindset module and every mindset module and every single course that I do, I'm like, I've so got this. I'm going to fly through it. (laughs) You know, like I'm so together. It's all good. It's all good. I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm good. I'm good. And then I realized what was stopping me, what was holding me back, what was stopping me from finding the time was I had finally, finally, finally found that elusive word, balance. And I was scared Mm. to lose it. Okay, so this is different. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, So I'd finally got to that point where I was like, okay, the kids are good. You know, we've got, we've got some sort of like, you know, stuff's going on and we've got a lot of solutions and stuff that were going on with them. And, you know, relationship with hubby's good. And I've found a bit of a balance going on with my friends and stuff like that. And work's great. I'm sorted for the year. So I should just sit here and just keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm so not that person. Like there's a part of me that's going. I hear you. I hear you. It's like, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like what, what are you doing? Like why, why you rest? Who rests? Yeah. Rest is for the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. This has been oh. such an amazing chat. I've really enjoyed this. Like, especially when you get stuck at home with my barking dog for company half the time, it's really great to have a chat with someone that oh. feels the same way about so many topics. Now, I know that we've talked about a lot of nitty gritty in this topic. So if there was a final takeaway, if someone's feeling like you are in a similar situation when you were in corporate, what would you say to them? What what are some of the ways that they can start to um, see a path out the other side? Mm, I love that. Uh, I think the first thing is to really, uh, this is something I really also wish I really would have, love to have done and I think the first things first is for one moment pause and really consider uh you and be selfish and be and and you as a person so it's almost like what do you want out of this life in terms of work uh how do you see work what do you see as fulfilling work and what do you see as a fulfilling life and I know that is really deep but take stock and almost reset and be like what is important to me in my work and my life? And can I honestly see myself being and achieving that in this space that I am in, like in, in this corporate environment that I'm in? And for some, it may be like, yep, I totally can. Like, this is exactly like where I want to be. I can see like life view, work view wise. Like this is, this is where like, I really do want to be. And, it, and that's okay. Like that, that is amazing. If we, you can really be aware of that, but make sure that this is a decision you've made, not a decision that you're doing because X, Y, Z, you're trying to meet the mortgage repayments or like, make sure this is for you is the first thing. Make sure whatever, if you're staying in corporate, if you're, make sure you're making the decision for you uh, is the first thing. And then I think the second thing is if you do decide to leave the corporate role, know that it is going to be freaking scary and it is going to make you feel sick and you're going to have a million different opinions if you go to your friends, if you go to your family, whatever, they want to protect you. Everyone, including your body, you, your own body wants to protect you. It's going to feel effed. You're going to be like, no, thank you. But you know what? At the end of the day, the most magical thing is you get the choice to, uh, you know, you get the choice. 
this is your remote control that is called life. You get to choose whether or not you want to choose that chapter or choose that. And there is no one destined route. If you study law, doesn't mean you have to be a lawyer. If you study psychology, doesn't mean you have to be a psychologist. If you studied X, Y, Z, doesn't mean you have to be that. And that is the magical thing. The fact that we get to choose, like I always envision this Alice in Wonderland route. You get to choose where you want to go. There is no one way. Uh, you can still choose. I can still change my path too. And that's the magical thing. No one said just because, and I'm like, you know, just just because I'm in the space of copywriting doesn't mean I have to stay here forever. Like, and I'm just saying that as an example, there's so many different routes. So yeah, to sum up, I would probably say first, make sure that this decision, how you're feeling, take, take stock of that. And it's okay how you're feeling. Really ask the why of those emotions as well, but make sure the decision that you're making is for you you got to be selfish for that one moment because it will always be a win-win for everyone else. Because when you're doing it for you, it's a ripple effect into everything else and how you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is really, yeah, being really uh, like just awareness of the fact that it's going to feel very uncomfortable, but, and it's less about what you achieve too. So what you achieve and what you do, but more about who you become during mm-hmm. this journey. I feel like being a business owner is the fast lane to personal growth. Like, I don't oh, think I have grown up. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I'm like waving my arms like in the choir at the moment. Like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I don't think I have, I would have done so much inner work. Like, what the heck is journaling? Like, I journal now. Like, what? Like, I have never, like, gotten to know me and who I am and I now show up so much better too to everyone else around me because I know so much more about who I am what I stand for what's important to me what's not all of that and um it's such an exciting journey terrifying scary I cry yes I feel I have bad days as well it doesn't stop but I would not give it up it is extraordinary like yeah freaking extraordinary Don't miss out on Word Foodies, five free e-lessons to great copy. For consumer psychology, blogging, website copy, Facebook ads copy, and Instagram copy, over five days, five bite-sized fluff-free e-lessons straight to your inbox to help you craft a standout brand through words. Sounds good, right? Pop on over to our website, wordfoodie.com, and get them now. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to see more, subscribe to Brand New Magazine over at www.brandnewmagazine.com.au. Every three months you will receive the new issue direct to your inbox, full of gorgeous design, freebies and discounts, and interactive links that will allow you to connect with our contributors. And check out our Instagram for more inspiration to be your business and brand you.